Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co., a black LGBTQ owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PLP22 for 10% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jochum. McBridge and Hickey are here, and it is time for our annual season preview and predictions jaunt. And you can we can look back at the end of the year and see maybe for once that I didn't get 95% of them wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of my co-hosts have any faith in my predictions on this one but before we get there we have one quick non-racing question and it's kind of in a way racing related if you were going to pick the your your hypothetical 2022 IndyCar hype song or theme song or whatever what would it be we'll start with Shannon you're only starting me because Hickey doesn't know exactly you're, you're 100% <laughs> correct uh, I picked off to the races by Lana Del Rey. Okay, I don't get it. I just scrolled through my playlist and I decided to pick Ric Flair "Drip" by Offset because I'm pretty sure Connor Daly is friends with Ric Flair, or they at least they were once upon a time. And anytime it's race day, I kind of just want to give out a good Ric Flair. Woo! So uh, I am requesting that from now on, just so you know, you shall record Woo! one and we, we will put it on the socials. You've yes. No one needs to yourself. see my face more than more than absolutely necessary, but we can maybe Re- remember out. in 2020 when we did the we did the milk pour on our on our heads and put it on social media, which. Yeah, that 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 was in hindsight one of the most ridiculous things we've done in nearly 500 episodes. But a woo to start every race weekend, I think, is a little bit better. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll be pouring my pouring myself with milk this year at the track because hopefully I'm there this year. But uh, yeah, it'd be pretty gross. We could do like a post race milk. I don't know. Or we could do a Saturday night milking. Uh, which is now a verb. Sir, uh, sir phrasing. You the- <laughs> no, no, no. Milking is going to be a thing. You just watch. We're well, going to like take said. it into a new context of dumping milk on our skin. I right. haven't milking. put one in here in a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get totally off track, my pick will be a collaboration between Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and Bring Me the Horizon called Let's Get the Party Started fun and loud and it's a party every weekend at the track 
Okay. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Hickey93. I want you to message me if you've ever heard of that song. It just came out, so I wouldn't expect many people to hear. Oh, I thought also, it was something is... from like this. I thought it was something from like the '60s. I thought that's kind of what you were going for. No. No. I think well, that just shows how much I know about music. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's almost embarrassing. Who Who is it that you, you didn't know of? Stone Temple Pilots. I still can't get over that. Wait, you don't know Stone Temple Pilots? I do oh. now. Done for the day. I I do now. Uh, hey, I'm going to my first ever concert in a month. Give me some credit. Your first ever concert? Yes. At the age of 28, I've never paid to go to a concert. Uh, so many. So many. Hey, it's questions. Dua Lipa though. She's a goddess. Not my um, style, probably, but she's very talented. Of course, she's not. Where are you God. seeing her? Target Center, her. Minneapolis. Yeah, I'm psyched. She's so talented. Who's she with? I don't. Or who's with her? She just started her tour, and I don't think she's doing it with anybody. But I could be totally wrong. I mean, she's only had two shows so far: Miami and Nashville. So I don't know if she's having anybody join. But I'd like well, to expand feel, my horizons. I feel validated now, so thank you. Yeah. Now, Mike joking when maybe okay. one day I feel like less of an idiot. Although well, I did see Kanye one time, and that was a total disaster. It was one of the most miserable shows I've ever been to. <laughs> Kanye is a miserable person. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about racing because that was supposed to be a quick question. We ended up talking for music about five minutes. It so wasn't that long. It, I have the counter in the top right corner of my screen. <laughs> Ma'am. Shut up. <laughs> Ma'am. All right. Well, we're going to break it down into a couple categories here. First, we're going to recap the moves from the offseason, what changed, and get everybody's feedback on some of the changes. We're going to have some things we're looking out for, either positive or negative. So, for example, such and such driver is going to completely bomb this year, or such and such driver is going to have an epic comeback. And then we'll get to our predictions at the end so starting off i just want you guys to describe these moves as either like good bad or somewhere in the middle uh so we'll start with uh we'll say legendary legendary driver sebastian bourdais out at the 14 and rookie kyle kirkwood has joined the fray uh for aj foyt racing for the season so what do we think about that one as we get closer to St. Petersburg. Pretty good. He's put up respectable testing time so far, especially in difficult conditions at, at Sebring. So, I mean, it's a rookie, so we're not going to expect a ton, but I I think it's I think he'll he'll be okay. I um do not hate the addition of Kirkwood. I do just wish that maybe he could have been there with Seb to learn from him. Yeah, I kind of fall into that one, too, where I'm excited about Kirkwood, but I'm definitely bummed about losing Bourdais, so I'm somewhere in the middle on that. Next, we had, with sticking with Foyt, we had Charlie Kimball, who was at a select few races last year in the 11 car, and he was at the team's pit box most races, I think. Now, insert Tatiana Calderon and J.R. Hildebrand for the Ovals. How do we feel about that program turning into a full-time entry with Calderon and Hildebrand. I do like that it's full-time. I I think more full-time entries are always beneficial. 
Um, I guess I don't really know the um, the story behind Charlie not racing anymore. If it was purely financial, maybe that's the case. Um, we'll see how the rest of it goes. <laughs> I'm still I'm still worried because I don't know. I mean, did they just now finalize engineers? Like, I don't know who's working on those cars. I'm not so concerned about the drivers. I'm just concerned about the team in general. Yeah, that was almost exactly what I was going to say. And I'm I'm excited for Tatiana. I'm really interested to see how she does. I'm very cautiously optimistic about the program around her at this moment. I mean, I'm guessing they found an engineer because she's been testing the last two days, but I uh, we haven't heard anything, so I don't I don't know. And the season starts in 12 days. 12 days from recording. I did see, and probably it was probably racer because I've got those notifications turned on, that they were close to having a full yeah. team now. So I imagine they've at least got it narrowed down to who they're going to hire at the very least, right? Yeah, I'd say because, you know, you just look at the grid, you know, what we have lined up for full-time entries this year, and there are a lot of heavy hitters as far as team driver combinations. So if there's one that kind of floats to the top of one that would concern me a little bit, it would be just the 11 program as a whole, you know, Foyt's not been the best team. And I do think both drivers are going to be, well, a better than Kellett, but I still think Kirkwood's going to lead the team as a whole. So I would say that this entry does float to the top of one that concerns me, but I don't know how much of that I'll put at the feet of the drivers. I just have no faith in Foyt. So I would say this one might be in contention for backmarker, but who knows? I like to be proven wrong. Uh, next, we'll shift to Andretti. Uh, out is Ryan hunter Ray, who surprisingly still does not have any sort of plans or a seat at this point in time. And in is Roman Grosjean, who comes over from Dale Coyne racing with Rick Ware racing. So how do we feel about that 28 car turning around? Well, in fairness, they did just announce Ryan Hunter Ray is going to go to the um, Chip Ganassi Cadillac IMSA for Sebring, at least, to replace. They've nixed all Indy cars going to Sebring now. So there's that, at least. Maybe that leads to something. Um, I'm all for Roman. He's, I, I adore him. I think he's great. I think fresh blood at Andretti is exactly what Andretti needs. I'm all for it. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. I, I think coming over with Olivier Boisson, who's been his engineer last year, who's been kind of an up and coming engineer the last few years with coin is maybe, not only you know will help Roman, but might actually help Andretti as a whole with his you know whatever ideas he's able to bring to the Andretti organization. So I'm feeling very bullish on both fronts there. Yeah, I think this is an example of a team that's bringing in. A, you know, obviously he's only had one years of IndyCar experience, but a real veteran of racing into their team. And I think, like Mike said, with the engineering change too, I do think not only is the 28 entry going to get better, but I do think Andretti as a whole is going to get a lot better too just by that one addition. So I'm very excited for that. I hope it's uh, hope we can see some of the same excitement we got from Roman last year and it's not a sophomore slump per se. And then also out is veteran Hinch, potentially going to the booth, potentially going to 
uh, IndyCar race here or there. We don't really know quite yet. Uh, but in goes Indy Lights graduate Devlin DeFrancesco. How do we feel about that one? Cautiously optimistic. Devlin's improved every year. He's been in the Rhodes Indy ladder. I think he's put up some solid testing times over the last couple months in the off season. And he's a really nice guy. I just, you know, when you're that last, the quote unquote fourth car in a four car team, do you get all the engineering resources that the other cars get? But I think he'll, he'll do better than some of the naysayers on social media have said over the last couple of months. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm so, super sad to lose Hench, right? But he is going to the booth. Like, we know that for sure. So we know that we'll see him there. Um, I, um, I, am, I am with you. I'm cautiously optimistic for Devlin. I think that he has the drive to win. Like, he wants to do well. He, do, he knows that he has to prove himself. And I don't think that he's just taking his position at Andretti lightly. Um, you know, they, they showed well at the Rolex, you know, it, I mean, he's a good driver. I think he's a good driver. We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, IndyCar is just so crazy competitive that who knows what will happen. Yeah. I think, well, first of all, I think he's got the best delivery. I know that doesn't count for anything, but that car is gorgeous. Fire. Yeah. It, it is awesome. Yeah. So if we're going on that, then he's going to be champion, but I think you have to realistically <laughs> look at their their team, who they have drivers lined up with Herta, Grosjean, and Rossi. And you have to just assume that he's going to be at the bottom of the standings compared to those four. Now, does Andretti make enough strides where even if he's fourth on the team, that that results in a 12th or 13th in the championship? Because that would be more than sufficient for a rookie campaign, even if he is at a big team. But you got to keep your expectations in check. So I am a little nervous for Devlin. He's got kind of an uphill battle with just the teammate aspect of things. He's got to really show up against his teammates. And then, you know, rookie of the year, I mean, you're looking at a guy at one of the big teams, he's got to be right there going for rookie of the year. So there's a lot of pressure there too. And I would say I'm a little nervous at this point to see if he can get out of the top 18 in points. Um, so I'll be on the, the nervous camp here. If you guys have any nice words about Max Chilton in the Carlin entry, because that is gone. Um, that's one of two entries that have disappeared. Um, any any final words for Carlin and Max Chilton? Bye. Bye. <laughs> I am sad to see an entry go, right? But like, I'm not that sad that it's a backmarker entry. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. He's testing yeah. electric cars or something now, right? Like he's, whatever he's doing. He's got to figure it figured out or something. Uh, good news though, is that the 48 entry, Jimmy Johnson has gone from road course only to full-time. So are we going to see a significant increase in pace results, et cetera, from Johnson now that he has a year under his belt and that he will be consistently at the track each weekend? Yo, how wild would it be just out of pure because it's indie? How wild would it be if Jimmy Johnson wins the 500? I think that it'd be the same as... predictions in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I... you will. I'm just like saying, like, mind blown. 
Anything can happen in Indy. Y'all know that. Anything can happen. Yeah, and I'd he say runs, like fantastic I'd, fuel strategy, and all of a sudden he's at the top. What? <laughs> there's like no one I root against at Indy. Like it's not like there's someone of the 33 or be like, God, oh, I don't want that guy to win. But it's kind of like the same with Fernando Alonso and you know some of the entries that come from a different discipline to the Indy 500. You know, if they win, then you get the people on social media, whatever. It's like, oh my God, well. Jimmy Johnson can come to the Indy 500 and win in his first attempt. How how tough could it be? So I just hate that kind of racket. So um, it would be amazing if Johnson won, but it would get quite annoying for a couple weeks on social media. I mean, let's be honest. It's annoying no matter what happens. So yes. she's got a Twitter point. is a Twitter is a cesspool. <laughs> Not as bad as Formula One Twitter though, but it's actually far better than Formula One Twitter. You just have to wade through. Formula One Twitter and NASCAR Twitter to get to IndyCar Twitter, and it's a swamp. <laughs> yeah, host, you got any thoughts? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I didn't even get to that. I think I think the platform that he built uh, last year was a good start for someone who's never you know been in the open wheel scene in God knows how many years. But I still think that the gap between where he was last year and where he needs to be this year to contend is still quite large. So I am still a little pessimistic on his abilities to contend each week. And honestly, like, I don't care if he does good or not. I'm just happy he's in the sport and Carvana's great and he's a good advocate for racing. So to me, just having him in the field is a benefit. It's not really one of those drivers who I'll be super critical of if he's finishing 20 every race. You know, it is what it is. I mean, I just really like Jimmy. I really like Jimmy. I really like Carvana as a sponsor. I really like that they're with Chip Ganassi. Like, I just really enjoy that team as a whole. And Jimmy has said from day one, I'm not out here because I think that I can be number one immediately. I know I have work to do. I know it's different. And all I got to do is keep pushing. And I mean, like, as long as you come in and respect the sport and know that you're not going to be the best just because you were the best somewhere else, man, how can you hate him for that? I just don't understand. I think it's great. Because social media is a cesspool. That should be like Tyler episode. Season, season preview. Also, social media is a cesspool. Yeah. Which I'm sure, as we speak, Cody Bray is probably tweeting. Tony Kanan was sharing the 48th seat and now is racing at the Indy 500 under an unknown car number. But we don't really know about the rest of his schedule. So... Do we see Tony Kanaan at more than just one race this year? Probably he not. said at the media, at content day, no. He was just a 500. I mean, I would say that he would be a backup if something, God forbid, were to happen to one of them, that they would have to miss a race, that maybe he would be backup for that. But he's only scheduled for the 500 this year. Yeah, he's a good uh, driver to bring his helmet to the track because you just never know, um, especially, yeah. you know, COVID and at least from what I'm seeing on social media and with like sports and the NFL playoffs seems to be calming down quite a bit for athletes shh, and cancellations. We don't jinx that. We don't speak those things. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a superstitious guy, just a little stitious, but all right, listen, um, if shit goes down, all it's right, Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, you can blame me. That's fine. Yeah. But he's still going to be a guy you want to, you know, bring your helmet to the track. Cause you just never know what's going to happen on a race weekend. So, Guys, Ed Jones doesn't have a seat. Oh, no. Ed Jones. Who? Oh. Ed I get Jones. to see lighting this weekend. How great is that? 
Ed Jones with Vassar Sullivan Racing is gone, and in comes David Malukas with HMD Motorsports. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably the best upgrade of the offseason, right? Big fact. Big fact. Like yeah. all around. Yeah. Malukas is a good dude. I really like him. I think HMD is very motivated to go places. I do like Vassar Sullivan too, so I'm kind of bummed about that. But I, it's also one of those things where they'll be back either for the 500 if this year or as a full-time effort with the new car and engine coming out eventually. But uh, Ed Jones, I that's fine. Okay. Good riddance. All right, I got, and I then got, I got no words for Ed Jones. <laughs> Roman Grosjean as we've talked about earlier, is out at Dale Coin Racing with Rick Ware Racing. And in is Takuma Sato. I just want to anecdotally say that the livery I saw, I know they had released the livery a little bit ago, but seeing it on track and photograph for the first time, I think it's one of the worst liveries in recent memory. Yeah, it's okay. I think the, the one last year was significantly better. Drawing a total blank. I don't even know what it looks like. So they have like purple side pods where the sponsor logos oh, would be, but then right, it fades right, right. to white behind it. And I just think like the white mixed with the purple mixed with the yellow mixed with the cyan teal, like it just doesn't look good. There's not enough purple on it. Yeah. It needs the purple, less white, the, more purple. Yes. A, well, white accent would be fine. But the fact that like the whole engine cover is white and a majority of the rest of the car is white just ruins it for me. Not the point of the question, though. I just wanted to throw that in there. So what do we think about Sato? Are we going to see Sato replicate somewhat of the success that we saw from Grosjean last year? Or do we think this entry is going to take a decline? I, I, I think he could be similar in results to Grosjean. Maybe maybe a, a little bit of a step back, just because you know, he takes some unwanted chances sometimes. But I don't think it's a sharp decline or anything. Who's the engineer for that car now? They promoted somebody within the team. I don't remember who, to be honest with you. I'd need to do some digging. But it's somebody internal, I believe. I have a love-hate relationship for Sato. (laughs) Because um, I like that he's ballsy and just goes for it. But then I also hate that because he takes people out unintentionally. Right? You know he doesn't intend to take people out. But that's just what happens when you race that way. Um, and I, that feels sketchy for a Dale Coyne team, right? They don't have funds upon funds upon funds. So hopefully he takes that into consideration and doesn't drive like a jack wagon all the time. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and classify this one as another one that I'm going to put a, a big red flag on, I think. I don't think he'll be close to where Grosjean was. Uh, I'm, I think there's definitely certain tracks, obviously Indianapolis, and, you know, even like a Texas where Sada's going to have the advantage just on experience and whatnot. But if we're taking a comparison of the two, I do think Grosjean's kind of got him outkicked on coverage. So I am going to go ahead and say that this entry is going to decline a little bit and they're going to miss Grosjean significantly this year. Good news is there's an additional Dreyer and Reinbold entry for the Indy 500 this year with Santino Frucci in the number 23 car. So that one did not exist last season. So whatever people's feelings are about the driver who is paying for this podcast in full, uh, it's nice to see <laughs> another entry out there. And the, the best part is 
that both of them were on the show earlier this week. That episode came out on Wednesday. We are definitely going to drunkenly talk about this this weekend. If you haven't become a Team Pitlane member and want to listen to that episode, please get in touch with one of us and we can direct you further on how to become a Team Pitlane member with all the awesome benefits we give out. And our annual drunk episode is being recorded this weekend and Ed Carpenter is no longer a full-time oval driver. I know his name is going to come up once or twice based on the questions that I got. (laughs) Go ahead and give us a letter grade of his decision to opt out of ovals and just solely focus on the Indy 500, which allows Connor Daly to be full-time at Carpenter. What's the letter grade for him to do that? Right. A plus. A plus plus. Yeah. Yeah. All the pluses. (laughs) All the pluses. So I think what you guys are failing to recognize. He is valedictorian of this decision. He is an oval specialist. That's okay. Oval specialists can retire too. It's all right. (laughs) Not the response I was expecting, but that's okay. (laughs) I know. I'm just trying to be nice. I thought you were going to stay. He can stick it up or something like that. I was going to leave that to the two of you. I know. Ed's. I mean, there was a time I'd say like late 2000s, early 2010s where I thought he was quite annoying. And then... When he decided to give up his road course seat to Conway, I thought that was just like the dopest move ever. And then I thought he made a series of moves like aligning with Sarah Fisher and then kind of ipso facto swindling Newgarden to his team. I thought he did a really good job of kind of like leading that team through that era. And then the last three years has been kind of unfortunate. But I think this is a kind of a a series of moves culminated to this. And I think it's another good decision by him. So Ultimately, I think it's for the best teams. I also am going to give that an A plus, but it's nothing against Ed. Ed's got a lot of passion for the 500 and racing, and I'd like to see that. So um, we'll see him at the track. Callum Eilat. Can I just one little thing about Ed? Like there is something special about being at Indy and him doing so well and listening to that crowd be so happy for him. I mean, like there really is. He's the hometown favorite, right? And you do love to see that, and you love to see those reactions. So I do hope he runs Indy somehow. Because outside of Ed and Connor, there is no other quote-unquote hometown driver, is there? No, there's not. It's it's nice because there's always the, there's all those people who don't really follow Indy that come out, right? But they know somebody from Indiana will root for them, and it's, you know, it's always Ed, so... It's nice to have that for those people too. Well, not from Indiana is Callum Eilat, but we still love him anyways. <laughs> he's not? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. If he if he is, he's got the thickest Hoosier accent I've ever heard. <laughs> so Yunkos was doing things at the end of the season or attempting to do things at the end of the season and have since bumped up full-time uh, with Callum Eilat in the 77 car. Fresh livery, a quote-unquote acquisition of Carlin things, items, cars, bolts. I don't know exactly. Um, So that entry has moved up to full-time. Also moving up full-time was Elio Castroneves, the 2021 Indy 500 champion who raced, I believe, six races with Meyer Shank. Uh, So that's good that we got two more entries bumping up from a part-time schedule to a full-time schedule. Yay. A plus. More A pluses. More A pluses. 
Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! I love it. I, I, we I know teachers. some people don't really like <laughs> Gold star for you. Um, I know some people aren't big Elio fans. I can't Do really you know determine why. <laughs> 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 I can't really determine why that's the case. Um, Dude, oh, you because... don't need me to hear me rant about this again. We'll save um, it for Saturday. We'll save it for yeah, Saturday. Yeah, we'll save it for Saturday. But listen, I look at things from a, a different perspective than some of you. The passion that he brings to IndyCar that he loves so much it really does bring people in. People love to see people who love their job. And he absolutely loves his job. So he can be annoying if you think he is, but man, I'm all here. I'm I'm all for giving people someone to root for. And he's easy to do that for. Hickey's ignoring me. It's fine. No, I'm listening. He's he's he has steam coming out of his ears because he doesn't have anything nice to say. No, I was I was saving it for Saturday. Yeah, that's fair. Lighting will lighting's gonna bring out the worst of me, don't worry. <laughs> uh another change at Meyer Shank is Jack Harvey announced about midway through the year that he was leaving the team. So Simon Pagino has moved from Team Penske to Meyer Shank. So we kind of got half of the old Team Penske team moving <laughs> over to Meyer Shank full time. How do we feel? How do we feel about kind of like the team as a whole? I think Pagano led the session today, uh, Tuesday at Sebring, which, if anybody has listened to us for the last couple of years, you know that I think that that counts for shit. But 
what do we think about the team and the potentially hot start they got at Sebring? I think they have potential to do well, but Pagano didn't particularly have the best 2021, and I don't know. You know the biggest thing with me and Meyer Shank is strategy calls. Are they going to set their drivers up for for good finishes? And they didn't do that last year. So that would be my preseason concern right now. Because I don't really care about testing times that much. care a little bit more than you. But are they going to set their drivers up for a good finish? Or are we going to have another Jack Harvey at Road America where he dropped 87 places in the final 20 laps? Don't you all think that they've learned from that? I mean... I hope. Right. I also feel like both Elio and Simon are super experienced drivers who will bring that input and say, nah, that's that's not that's not the call. That's not what we're doing. That's not the call to make. This is what we need to talk about. You also know that they saw this happen and they're not gonna like sign on with the team and be like, cool, we're good with these strategies, right? You know that there's those those conversations are happening. Neither one of those drivers want to join a team where they don't think they can win. And if we're being honest, it's not like Will Power did all that great last year either with Penske. No, he didn't. So it's not a – I don't necessarily know that it was a Simon Pagano problem, right? I mean, the only person – I would say the same thing about Elio, yeah. It's it's just the same – it's the same thing that's happening at Andretti. They're putting all their eggs in one basket, and everybody else is just kind of an afterthought. So let's hope that the boys can find some new energy and – Win some damn races. Yeah, I think out of everybody we've talked about today, I would say Simon Paginal has the most likely of chances to improve this year. I think he's got himself a good situation there. He's not playing second fiddle. I don't think he or Elio are playing second fiddle. I think they're they're smart enough to spread out the resources and do a good job for both of them. And I just like the like his chances really. I do think he will um, and maybe this is a hot take. I think he will massively outshine Elio, especially on the road courses. Um, I wasn't very impressed with the small sample that Elio had uh, with Shank last year on the road courses. Granted, it was a small sample and they're getting up to speed. But I don't think the road courses the last handful of years at Penske for Elio was his forte. So I am a little concerned about what he's going to be able to do there. So I think Pagano is going to, I don't want to say demolish him, but I think demolish might be the word I use in the standings. Does that classify as a hot take? Right. Mm. Mild I take? A, I think it's a right take. I mean, I think that that's a fair assessment because uh, he's he's not been great on road courses and street courses. Like, you just haven't. Um, and whether that's lack of of something at Penske when they got started or lack of something at Meyer Shank from last year. I don't know. Or lack of something at Elio because really he's really good on ovals. I, I don't, I don't know that answer. So I think it's a fair take. Somebody write that down. I just agree with Hickey. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm very <laughs> confused right now. I actually like didn't know what to do with, to do with myself. All right. Well, we're going to turn it over to host in this one. Uh, Christian Lungard has replaced Kumasato. Well, he is a accomplished F two driver. Damn, that's still all, all I have to say. <laughs> Shannon, what do you think? I mean, I feel like he could probably drive anything with four wheels and a steering wheel, so I think it'll be fine. 
He's my rookie of the year, I think. First probably. impressions matter, Hickey. First impressions matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure my first impression for upon you two were just very impressionable, weren't they? Oh, well, there's something Well, you're still it. here. I think the first time I talked to Shannon on Twitter was when she was getting a driving lesson. Something about if you don't put on your turn signal, you'll hit some. I can't remember what it was. Specific lanes. Oh, yeah. Was it not talking about driving? No, like I, thought, I don't like think if you, so. Oh, okay. Never yeah. sorry. I'm no, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I think that's the first time I interacted with you. Uh, Probably. yeah. I think I have Longard winning the rookie of the year. Um, I like him. Doesn't doesn't doesn't, doesn't run to me. Seems fast. Seems competent. Young dude. I tend to like the younger drivers. So as long All as he keeps four him, wheels on the car, he should be okay. Yeah. Make sure you are first in line to talk to these two at every track. Oh God. Oh no. The Santino and aforementioned Lungard 45 entry has now a full time entry with Jack Harvey and Hyvee on the car. So, do we think that with the logistical failures that we just mentioned with Shank potentially going away at this 45 entry, do we see Harvey significantly jump or do we see him fade to the back? There will be no Jack Harvey fading here. Thank you. I th- I agree with Shannon. There is no Jack Harvey fading. I think he has been very good at qualifying. Graham Rahal has been you know, good at charging from uh, the mid to bottom third of the pack the last couple years and, and getting a good amount of top 10. So I think they'll both be able to learn a lot from each other. So I think it's I, I think Harvey is going to be a good fit there. Yes, and it is a massive sample of one start. Lungard had a very good qualifying session. So, obviously, that whole True. team's going to be really good at qualifying this year, right? Duh. Duh. The second entry that I mentioned earlier that is no longer existing is the 22 Pagano entry. So, Penske's down to three this year. And then we have not heard anything yet from Peretta Autosport. And if they're going to be doing a collab with Team Penske... And then the Top Gun Racing entry is a whole saga that we could probably spend half an hour talking about. Uh, it may or may not, but definitely might be in the hands of the Enerson family now. And two more turns and they'll be on their path to Alderaan. Or I don't know. I've lost track of what's going on here. So I know that reference probably just went over to host's head and that's fine. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <sighs> is Jack Harvey Neither listening? Shannon. <laughs> okay, well, Wars? Shannon hasn't specifically been given shit on the topic, so. This is true. Is that a Star Wars reference? It is a Star Wars reference. She even got it. I knew it wasn't a Harry Potter reference, so it had to have been one of those. I did rewatch Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter, last weekend. That's not so the I... assignment, sir. The assignment well, is to watch the rest of them. I'll, I'll get there. No, you won't. It'll be freaking August in Gateway, and we'll be having to watch Harry Potter 2 <laughs> a whole year <laughs> later. <laughs> All right, let's let's let's. Is it time for predictions? I want to see how wrong I can be at the end of the year. Before predictions, is there anything that you guys would like to share that you are watching out for, whether it's drivers, teams, etc.? And they can be like, you know, I think 
Yunkos is going to do great, or I think Yunkos is going to do bad. So it can be positive it or negative. cannot be that? Oh, I was going to say, it can't be one of those? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, it uh, can be. So what do you guys, what are some things you'd like to point out to the fans at home that you're watching out for this year? I'd like to see. I would like for Mike to go first. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. <laughs> I would like to see how the engineering changes on the, the Grosjean car and Francesco coming in and any other behind the scenes changes that Andretti with the engineering shakeup helped that team. They again, it's just testing, looked relatively fast. Times were better, at least for Rossi, and obviously Herta was very fast on Monday. So I think, you know, the kind of behind the scenes engineering changes that we saw kind of all up and down the paddock is and it's something that we won't necessarily see too much of because they're the engineers, but I'd like to see it, how it translates to on track for those guys, but also in general across the paddock. I I'm a little bit that way, obviously um, would like, I really want need the 27 to do something good this year. So um, <clears throat> I hope that all of the engineering changes will lead to that for them. Um, I am also Curious to see how well Connor does as a full-time one car, one team driver. Um, because, you know, supposedly Bid Nile is a, is a multi-year sponsor. So they're going to at least want some results for that money that they're putting in. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he does, not having to flip back and forth and, and knowing I think there's something to be said for knowing what your future holds, at least even just, just the near future, you know, you don't have to um, worry about where you're going to go next. So um, hopefully that does some good for him. Yeah. I think for me, going back to DeFrancesco real quick, this will, I think once and for all, hopefully potentially tell us if that entry is just cursed uh, with the, you know, struggles that Marco had for several years, Hinch being mostly ineffective last season. Can DeFrancesco and the changes they've made behind the scenes come into that entry and actually get it to do something for the first time in a long time on a consistent basis? So interesting to see how that works out. And then I think the big team for me that I'm keeping my eyes on would be Ray Hall. Uh, given the large amount of changes they've made and the significant investment they're making in their staff and then the new shop that's going to be opening up in a couple of years and Hyvee stepping up and Lungard as a rookie, what is he going to be able to do? Can Ray Hall qualify more consistently? I think that's a team that I, I have full faith that they can become a top team in IndyCar. Uh, can they just get over the hump and make that next big step to contend with the likes of Ganaski Penske and McLaren and, heard a well hopefully rossi hopefully rossi steps it up this year and can contend but there's a lot there those five teams andretti mclaren ray hall uh penske and ganassi that's that's a formidable team lineup as far as they're all kind of peaking at the right times per se well jury's still out on andretti but they're all significantly trying to improve each season which is you know, remember the old days of Ganassi versus Penske and you knew 14 okay. and 16 yeah. races were going to be won by somebody from those teams. I think we're well past that those days. So 
All right, let's do it. Let's get to predictions. We're going to go ahead and start with Shannon on who your champion is going to be. Oh, why are you starting with me? <clears throat> I might start with all. I might start with you and all of them. <laughs> okay, uh, I am gonna go with one, Mr. Scott Dixon. He's going to get his seven this year. All right, I'm. I'm gonna go with Pato Award. He's been close the last two years. I think he's able to take the next step this year and and get the. I'm going to go with Joseph Newgarden. I just think that he, for me, is consistently like the best all-around package and got close last year but had some minor hiccups along the way. I just really think I, they need to nail the Indy 500 a little better than they have the last couple of years to really help solidify that positioning for him. Kind of a sidebar and a guy we haven't mentioned all episode. Do we still see Alex Pillow succeeding at the same rate as he did last year as the uh current champion or do we see him fade a little more and have more kind of bad luck slash things go wrong for him this season i think he's still top five potential yeah i don't see anything i don't see him failing all right you know he might he might not have he might have a little bit more bad luck but i think he's still you know top five ish right yeah i think there's gonna be a couple more things that go wrong for him this year and or I don't think he'll be as underestimated as he was last year, but uh, I don't necessarily have him as consistently above everybody else, per se. Who is, and I already said Lungard, so I guess I can go first, but who's everybody's rookie of the year? I'm going to take Malukas. I, I, Shannon, you, if Shannon didn't hesitate, I was going to let her answer first, but she hesitated, so sorry. You can't say Malukas, you know. It's okay. I can. I can say the same one. That's what I'm going with. All right, host, who do you have as your Indianapolis 500 winner? Colton Herta. <gasps> really? That... Yeah, why not? Huh. All right. Uh, Pato Award. And I will it go pains me. with Rossi. Yes. <laughs> couldn't who say Rossi is going... too predictable. <laughs> yeah. Who is going to be the best team? McLaren. Ganassi. Ooh. I wanted to say Ganassi. I'm going to say Team Penske has a good bounce back year, especially with their three entries and really gets back to doing what they know how to do best, which is winning. On the flip side, which team is going to be furthest away from the expectations that have been set for them? So, example... We know that Yunkos and Foyt have pretty low expectations, so if they finish at the back, that's not exactly a surprise. So of, of all the teams in IndyCar, who's going to be the farthest away from expect, expectations kind of on the negative end? This is a, this is a tough one. I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to say Penske. I am going to say Meyer Shank. I know that's a semi hot take, but But do you think like they just... have high expectations? When you're an Indy 500 winning team the year before and you have Pagano, your expectations are, I'm not going to say like super high, but they're higher than they were in previous years. Um, well, so like right now, what would be like the expectations be for Dale Coyne and Rick Ware and HMD? Are we thinking like 
14th to 12th range, top 10. 12 to 16. I was going to say 10 to 12. Okay, so I'm going to go with Dale Coyne with all of their affiliated whatevers <laughs> as the team that's going to be for this. I'm, unfortunately, I think they're going to be closer to the 17 to 20 range, so I think that's where they'll end up. So I think I'm going to say Dale Coyne. Uh, Who is going to be the next first-time winner? In in any race? Just first-time winner in general? Yeah, so like if Callum Eilat wins at St. Pete, he would be the next first-time winner. Does Does Road to Indy count? No, no, just IndyCar. Then Kyle Kirkwood. Oh, okay. Let's have some fun with this one. Let's say Jimmy Johnson. Oh, I like that answer. Uh, I'm going to go with Jack Harvey, which I think I said Jack Harvey last year. I always forget that Jack's never won a race. Like, I just feel like he should have won like 10 races by now. Uh, So when we get to, I don't know, it's September, when the season ends. And we yeah. look back on the season. Who are we going to say was the best offseason signing? Um, are we talking? Let we let's can we? Are we talking race results? Or are we talking for the series as a whole? What are we talking? I think it could be anything if we're continuing with tradition on this one. I'm going with Tatiana because as a female, if she's going to come in and they're already using her in promos, I'm my hope is. We grasp some more little girl race fans who grow into big girl race fans and continue that tradition on. Perfect. I will take Gavin Ward being the engineering boss at McLaren. Is he also doing the seven car? Did we decide that? I do, I or, no. I think sorry. he's above. Oh yeah, the seven car, the Rosenquist. So he like do we? Who's Rosenquist's engineer? I don't. Did we ever get Ham- to that? Craig Hampson. And who's Pato's? Not Craig Hampson. <laughs> uh, I get I get so confused. They, they change more than drivers behind the scenes, I swear. Best offseason. I'm going to say that Grosjean will probably end up being the best offseason acquisition because I think he'll help not only that entry, but the team, as we talked about earlier. And then the last question, simple yes, no. Will we get through the season without a alteration to the schedule? Ooh. Oh, no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say no, and solely because solely because Toronto's on schedule. That's yeah, where my just, no is. That's where my no was. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I have zero I'm just not faith confident in the nation. In that yet. Yeah, the nation of Canada right now with what I'm seeing on social media, uh, it looks like come when is the race? June, July. You know, they July. could still be very restrictive and whatnot. So you just can't bank on it, unfortunately, at this point in time. I saw someone the other day saying they're like checking hotels and whatever. I'm like, are you sure you want to be doing that? Like, I don't know. It might have been Cody. I'm like, yeah, I don't that's... know if you want to be doing that right now. So let me ask you this. If we don't go to Toronto, please don't make us do IMS road course again. What What else could we do? <laughs> really want that second IMS race to be on the alternate layout. Please... Oh, I would God. be down for that. If we could do it, if we have to go to IMS, let's use the alternate layout. I'm down for that. Yes. 100%. Um, that is twice I have agreed with Hickey in this episode. I don't know crazy. what's happening. 2022 is very weird. <laughs> no, and I will say that I do, I'm really hyped about Tatiana Calderon. I think that she's going to be a, a fantastic addition to the league. Uh, you got host Mike who got to talk to her in Gateway? Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio? Mid-Ohio. Yeah. And the fact that he left with 
such a positive first impression because if we're being honest, host is to me a little grouchy. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I had to give one last jab in before we for left the episode. Like the what he spoke about Tatiana after that, you know, I was kinda hoping that she would get some sort of elongated deal this year. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see what she can do, even though it is with Foyt. I still think that it's a overall very positive thing to have her in the series. I have one prediction question that we're going to throw in there out of any driver along the expectations line, who is going to be the most disappointing driver this year? Willpower. I think Willpower is a great driver. I mean, like, and I know you're not saying he's not a great driver, but I still think he can contend at a top five level in the, the series. But I don't think that's good enough for him. I mean, not for him personally. Like, I don't think top five is his expectation for himself. No, it shouldn't be either. You know, he should be shooting for the championship, but it just seems like they always have a couple more mechanical issues than the average car out there, and I don't quite understand why. What would be, like, disappointing? For, like, I kind of want to say Devlin. I just, well, you can't. You just talked him up. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I you said can't. he'd finish at the bottom of the Andretti pool. I don't well, know if, but you uh, said we're hoping to find out if the car's just cursed, and if it is, then it's not Devlin's fault. No, I know, but I think the expectations for him coming into the season are higher than it has been for that entry in a while. Although I think Hinch had a lot of hype, and that was that was pretty horrible. I feel like there's not a lot of expectation for him, and I think that there's more people mad that he has the ride than somebody else. Truthfully. I don't think there's so I just hope he kicks ass just to piss those people off. All right. Well, I definitely think he's a good driver, but I just think that I just don't know if it's going to come together for him this year. So I'm going to say Devlin. I am going to say hmm, Renus VK is not going to take the next step forward this year and will have a rough year. I It's one of those, again, like, I hope I'm wrong, but it's yeah. really hard to pick against someone. Yeah, I don't like doing that. <laughs> this is this is a bad question. I'm sorry. Yeah, it sucks that there's not like a universally hated driver. I know, like that we could we could just dogpile on. I know, and there's just not, and so I hate like picking somebody to do poorly because it feels like bad juju. So if bad juju comes upon willpower, it's host's fault. That's fair. You picked him. I know, but Mike asked the question. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair all right y'all we'll we'll wrap it there everybody enjoy next week we'll be back with the saint pete preview which means it is finally race week i can't wait i hope everybody can't wait and like hickey said earlier if you want to find out how to listen to our annual drunk episode dm us on twitter and or social media and we'll help you out so everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week from dirt to asphalt. We have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.